Hello and welcome to It Takes Courage to Tell the Truth. This podcast features interviews from women around the world focusing on birth, business, sustainability, health, sex, death and money. I'm your host, Eleanor Bancroft. In this episode, I talk with Renat. Renat is a mother of one, living with her husband in the Northern Rivers, New South Wales, Australia. She is also an ex-telco marketer and was part of the rollout of 3G across Australia. Now she spends her days fighting to stop 5G because she found out that the way that the telecom companies were testing the cell phones for the market were completely inaccurate. She has her own campaign, We Are Not Sam. This conversation is incredibly insightful. Renat has a bachelor in marketing and a background in social science and has been on the front line campaigning for safe technology. Renat is amongst many voices globally who are just asking that more testing be done to ensure that 5G is safe not just for us but also for our environment and the generations to come stay tuned to hear more hey today we have renat welcome to the show thank you renat i'd like to just um ask you first a little bit about your background and your story um in regards to telecommunications So my background is in telco marketing and back in 2006, I was selected to be part of a national group of marketers responsible for rolling out Australia's largest and fastest 3G network. And it was the first time that it would cover 98% of the population, which meant that Aussies were on 3G all the time. And at the time, I thought I was doing something really amazing and bringing people closer together and giving them new opportunities. So what I began to realise uh, many months after having rolled out this network and done amazing marketing campaigns to promote this technology and all the, you know, all the, you know, what you can do on the go, like emails and videos and so forth. I, um, as part of my job, I am required to look into behavior. So go into research and understand my market's behavior and values to develop marketing campaigns. And when I went into the research, I found that it was close to 40% of my market were concerned about the health effects of 3G. I thought that's just crazy. I mean, it can't, can't be that, that high. So I had a meeting with my executive director, which I was due to have and I brought that to the table and I said this is what um, the data is showing and I just expected a way to have a conversation how we can you know relax those um, uneasy stressful kind of um, questions and what she did was she said to me you know you've got to get your foot out of the door and I realized in that moment that I never questioned safety standards. I just always assumed that telecommunications companies were always taking care of public health and safety. And in that moment, I realized that um, something's not right and something feels off. So I went digging for research and I found that there are and there have been for so long um, concerns in the scientific community about wireless damage, biological damage to our body. And I felt an enormous amount of guilt that I never questioned it and that I rolled out a network and it led me down this deep rabbit hole where I said to my husband, I can't work here anymore. And it was within a very short amount of time that I had that meeting with my executive director and I decided to resign. And it had also happened that I was sort of um, put aside on other campaigns and kind of blacklisted in a way. And then I said to my husband, who's Swiss, um, I think I want to move to Switzerland. And at the time it was a runaway train and I just needed to clear my head and kind of come back to myself. And I thought we'd go for one or two years. And nine years later, I moved back to Australia, to Byron, and went to my very first farmer's market and was handed a stop 5G flyer, at which point my husband gave me a little nudge and said, you know, this is maybe your chance to make it right. 
So I got involved in the Northern Rivers for Safe Technology group and I'm now an admin for that group. And what we stand for is offering um, people an opportunity to understand that in order for us to have a future with safe technology, we need to look into the safety standards. We need to get more and more people aware of what the real science is saying. I mean, we've got over 4,000 peer-reviewed reports that are showing harm from biological, you know, wireless harm. And, um, and so that's what we're doing. We're educating the masses. We're also showing them that there are fast and reliable solutions like cable and wired. And we're trying to explain that we can have a future with safe technology so long as we can lobby for these industries to take accountability and start putting proper safety guidelines in place. And for that, we have the backing of thousands of scientific reports and scientists all over the world that are calling for a halt on 5G for new biological based um, safety standards and that's why I'm so passionate about this topic because I feel like it's not enough to stop 5G. What we really want is to create technology in the future that's safe and reliable for everybody and I should get into probably um, what kind of what I found in the rabbit hole. Would that be right Ella? <laughs> Absolutely yeah. Um, so when I went digging, um, what I found, because my executive director kind of told me, you know, these are within safety guidelines and it's stuck in my head for so many years when I was in Switzerland, I was always following, um, the latest research and I was trying to figure out like, why are we seeing more and more research papers coming out? Like the Bio Initiative report, which is proving that, you know, adults who are on their phone for more than 10 years are doubling their risk of brain cancer. And yet we're still rolling out technologies. I couldn't understand it. And so it was just, you know, that itch that you have that made me go into that safety standard discussion and, and how to look at more and more research. And that's where I discovered that our mobile phone certification process, in other words, how our mobile phones are safe, safety tested and then released on the market, that safety test is done on a plastic dummy filled with liquid and they check for heating. So if there's a thermal effect from him being on the phone, and I'm talking about the dummy is called SAM, it's, it's an acronym for Specific Anthropomorphic Mannequin. And if that SAM model heats up by less than one degree, they deem that phone to be safe and, you know, the governments release it on the market and so do the telcos. And that's so appalling given that that's not biological testing and it's 50 years outdated and the scientific community a, are, are so passionate about exposing this, but the mainstream never give them the time of day. So I developed a campaign called We Are Not Sam. So evidently we are not dummies. And it's pushing for real safety standards, biological testing, because for the last 25 years, we've been testing on a plastic dummy. And this dummy is based on a military recruit in 1989. They had a look at this six foot two adult male who was a hundred kilogram, you know, with a five kilo head. I mean, the strongest men in our society. And they said, this is our ideal mobile phone user. And they created a mannequin based on his head shape and body until this day, 25 years later, because it's been around since around 96, they are still testing on a dummy. And that is why we've got so much technology on the market that isn't safe for children or pregnant women or the elderly or disabled. And there's so much illness that's showing in the research, such as short-term memory loss and concentration, sleep disruption, headaches and dizziness, fatigue, immune disruption, behavioral disorders, skin rashes, changes in cardiac function and cancer. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg, but we're talking here about a trillion dollar industry that are doing such poor safety testing on mobile phones and to make matters worse, they're doing zero safety testing now on 5G. So we've taken a step back from testing on a dummy to not testing at all. That is crazy. <laughs> and I imagine a lot of people out there are probably wondering, 
just to simplify, what, what exactly is 5G? Can you explain to us what 5G is? Yeah, I might actually quote Claire Edwards. She's a former UN staffer and she said, the name 5G is deceptive, implying a simple upgrade from the current 4G or fourth generation wireless. And she goes on to say that this ruse cleverly disguises the reality that 5G means densification with each individual, visible antenna being replaced by thousands of tiny antennas, menacing people, animals and nature from every nook and cranny on Earth and from 20,000 or more satellites with lethal laser-like beams hitting their unwitting targets millions of times a day like silent bullets. It's a really harsh statement, but it absolutely summarizes how deceptive 5g is and how different it is to our current 4g network yeah so what on a practical level is going to happen to i guess the earth like what will be happening to electromagnetic radiation and radioactive waves so the proposed 5g networks um, they'll require thousands of so-called small cells so they're like backpack-sized antennas to transmit data um, to and from our mobile devices. So whereas in the past there might have been a tall cell tower off in the distance, now antennas are being placed on utility poles and lampposts just outside our homes, and they're beaming signals into second-floor bedrooms. Like we're talking about tens of thousands of satellites that will even go up outside the earth to transmit 5g wireless signals from space so it's blanketing the earth which is going to affect all living forms on this planet and it also um it will require transmission antennas located closer to the ground because the high frequency of these 5G signals actually have shorter transmission ranges. So whereas a typical 4G signal can reach roughly 10 miles from a, tel a cell phone tower in any direction, 5G on the other hand has a range of about 1,000 feet across cellular network providers. So this, this has been challenged so many times over, but there is a lack of understanding that the real issue here is densification. So that's the sheer number of radiating antennas being installed in such close proximity to homes that it is so alarming. What is the argument against the idea that non-ionizing radiation is safe? And therefore, because 5G is creating non-ionizing radiation, that it won't have any um, biological harm to the human body. There is a campaign that's going around in Australia at the moment. You can find it on Australians for Safe Technology and they're called 5G Mythbusters. And what this does is it does talk about the myth that we're seeing in the mainstream media and what the facts are that are scientifically supported with references. So one of the major myths is non-ionising non radiation is safe and only ionising radiation causes biological harm where the fact here is that non-ionising radiation can cause many harmful physiological effects, including oxidative stress and DNA damage. And that was proven in the Bioinitiative report, which was one of the biggest studies ever conducted. And it looked at around 1,800 studies and summarised the findings. And the findings conclusively said that non-ionising radiation does cause harm. And I've heard also recently, um, you know, there's huge impact to human fertility, not just men's sperm count, but also um, women's ovaries and eggs due to things like 4G, which they've been testing on. And we have to look at the fact that 3G and 4G is going to just be um, covered by 5G. They're not taking it away. So all the problems that we already had around the existing 3G and 4G waves, we're going to only see an increase in this once they put the 5G on. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. This is unprecedented technology. People uh, mistakenly believe that this is just some you know, slight tuning of a network that gives you, you know, one movie in one minute. But the truth is that this requires brand new infrastructure, small cells, and it's going to use existing infrastructure to keep, you know, 
to keep using technology that we have plus adding to it with these small cells. So it is absolutely something that has never been tested. That's undeniable. The fact that we've got a trillion dollar industry that's done zero testing on 5G, that should ring, that should ring alarm bells. I guess it's a little bit insane that they're getting away with it. Why is it so hard to find the information against 5G? Why is it so difficult right now when, you know, I've been trying to do so much research on the internet to find um, scientific studies and they, they seem to be buried. Where can we find this information and why is it so hard for us as a society to get the answers to the questions we require? That's a really good question because it's hard to get information that doesn't fit the mainstream narrative. And I'm sorry to kind of sound so blunt about it, but when we look at the tobacco industry and we see very, we see similarities between how that was buried and how that was sort of promoted to be safe. And, and we're seeing the same thing now with 5G and this industry, we're talking about, the fact that we've got lobbyists from, you know, the telecommunication side saying we don't need to do safety testing because there's just so much money to be made here and that we all need to come along the journey to the 21st century. So they don't, they've proven that they don't care about health and safety, that they are putting profit above people. And this is the most concerning part because the independent scientists who have been talking about this for decades we're talking over 4,000 peer-reviewed reports and thousands upon thousands of scientists and medical doctors all across the globe who have been calling for a halt on such appeals as the 5G space appeal, Physicians for Safe Technology, and there are like dozens of others. We are in the same boat as these scientists that we are being um, ignored. We're being uh, called tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists when all we are doing is referring to the science and our belief that the science is being buried is because it doesn't fit the narrative of this trillion dollar industry. And these are the guys that are funding the media. And it sounds like we're taking you down a rabbit hole when I say these things, but that's the truth because we can find the studies on places like Green Med Info and the Environmental Health Trust. And there's many, many websites that are exposing all the science and the Bioinitiative Report as well. But where people are getting their information, these, these types of information from the studies is being censored by Google and the likes because it's not fitting the mainstream narrative or the, corp or the corporate narrative. And I don't think that this is the first time in history we've ever seen organisations put profit over the health of the majority of people. And I think it's really important that we do question these things because we live in a society that is capitalistic. Um, it's about consumerism. And at the end of the day, anyone that's ever studied business knows it's all about profit. And so I think we need to challenge these ideas more than ever in this time and not just assume, you know, as you said earlier, that the telecommunication companies are actually looking out for us because their, their interest isn't in our health. Their interest is actually in being the first to roll out the technology and the profit that they're going to gain from that. And we need to remember that corporations, they're businesses, you know, they're, they're businesses that are funded by people who are looking at the dollar. They're not looking at what's going to have an impact with the earth. And we've seen this happen over the last however many years in history. And that's why we're already at this point, climate crisis and resources being raped from our environment. So, you know, just to echo that again, what Renat is saying is that this information isn't to take you down a rabbit hole, but it is to highlight the truth of what's happening in our society and has been happening for a really long period of time. That is such an amazing summary, honestly. Um, you know, and just to add to that, we've, we've seen this happen so many times with asbestos and DDT and heroin, you know, hydrochloride and cigarettes. And the government's helped these corporations lie to us. And they still are today. And it's the same pattern emerging with 5G. Just in Australia, 
the government gave nine million of our taxpayer money dollars to an education campaign that is spewing our money to give the public awareness that 5G is all good, mate. I mean, these are examples of advertising. You know, we've got so much 5G advertising when most people don't even know what it is. Um, and the clear evidence that it is dangerous and that it is untested is being ignored. So we can see in plain sight that greed is taking over and there are so many lies that we need to do our critical thinking and we need to demand that these governing bodies that are representing us have our health interest as number one and not the corporate interest. Okay, so, okay, can we just talk a little bit about our panza and what what is our, our panza okay so our panza is the australian radiation protection and nuclear safety agency and they are the governing body for australia in terms of you know radiation protection so they get so they adopt the guidelines of what's called icnerp I know there's a lot of acronyms here to learn um, but icnerp is the international um, Commission on Non-Ionising Radiation Protection, and that's where they get their safety guidelines, which we, we talked about just before. And they are an interesting bunch <laughs> um, because they admit themselves on their website that um, more research is needed, especially for children. And I'll quote them because they say here, that um, the World Health Organization agenda recommended a prospective cohort study to investigate whether the use of mobile phones and other radio frequency sources by children and adolescents is associated with long-term health effects, including cancer and development, developmental cognitive and behavioral disorders. Given that no long-term prospective study has looked at this issue to date, this research needs to remain a high priority. So even though they, they know there's, long, there's no long-term research, they are still saying that 5G is okay. And it's just proving who they're really working for. On an ABC interview one year ago, there was um, Ken, Dr. Ken Karapetis, who's from Arpanza, and he was asked by one of our admins in Northern Rivers for Safe Technology, the question was, is long-term exposure to 5G 100% safe? Will you guarantee us it's safe for all humans, animals, insects, and plants? Yes or no? And his response was, well, no, I'm not in the business of giving guarantees. So they know that this is untested. They know they can't guarantee safety. And yet they're promoting the fact that it's okay to roll it out. It, it makes no sense. This campaign against 5G, isn't, it's not just Australia. We're looking at a global campaign of people who are really trying to not necessarily stop this, but stop it until the correct testing has been done. Can you talk a little bit more about the global politics and what's happening in, diff in, in other countries around the world to stopping 5G? Yeah, that's great. Um, it is an, it's absolutely a global movement. Wherever there are scientists, I can say this, there are people who do not want 5G. It is, um, I guess, one way to really put it to the people is that we've got insurers like Lloyds of London and Swiss Re that have refused to cover the telco industry for health damages from mobile phones and wireless devices, including 5G. And that really should concern people because these are the guys that assess risks and they're saying, we're not covering you because we, th we think that you're a high, we think this technology is the high risk. And naturally, when you combine that with the fact that we've got thousands of peer-reviewed studies showing harmful effects from wireless technology, and we've got people waking up to this information, what naturally happens is that we gather as communities and we start speaking for the people because we're the people, we're the voice. And these governing bodies and these industries, they're the ones that are saying, you know, we've got something for you and we have every right to say we don't want it. 
and there are no safety standards that can prove to me that it is safe and you've got to stop this rollout and you've got to give us what we really want, which is safe and reliable technology. And that is what this movement at its core is about. It's not a resistance as much as it is a, you know, a movement towards change, a movement towards something better and something that we truly deserve. And we never, we never got it because they never did biological testing. And now we've got technology that we're so addicted to and it was designed that way. And it's going to require us to change our behaviours, to change our mindsets and to put accountability on these industries that let this happen and say, we want technology, but we want it safe. And there are many ways that we can have that, but it first starts with an awakening. And that's what's happening around the world everywhere and more people are going to their councils gathering as communities and saying we don't want it here just the way that Mullumbimby did and we're fighting in, in a way for our right to protect our children our friends our family our communities against a what the world health organization consider a, is a possible carcinogen so we're well within our right to to speak out against this and if for example, other places like Mullumbimby around Australia and the world start um, protesting and going to their local councils. Is there a way that that will change in a federal government um, rollout? Because I know here in the Northern Rivers, there was an against the upgrade in Mullumbimby, but recently they've gone in and tried to do um, the upgrade regardless and that's because it is a federal rollout how do we as individuals or groups actually make change when we're looking at the federal government which is hard to fight that's that's a great question ella um the federal deployment code is what in the case of Mullumbimby. telstra used to say well we understand that the community may not want it but we are doing this rollout because we adhered to the deployment code, which they didn't do. They didn't give, um, they didn't accept our petitions, which was close to 300. They didn't give us consultation, which we asked for. And there were many things in the deployment code that they didn't adhere to. And so now this has gone to the, um, to an, as an investigation within ACMA, which is the Australian Communications Media Authority, who are looking into this matter and whether or not um, Telstra did adhere to that deployment code, which we are very um, sure they didn't. So yes, you can go to council. Um, and the most important thing is that they can't get away on a federal level with deploying this technology if the people don't want it. So that's the main point here is that if you can see that there is a proposed tower in Australia, you can go on RFNSA on that website and you can see which towers are due to be upgraded around your area. And if a community go to council, even as an individual, and you gather enough petition and momentum that says that we don't want this in the community, then as part of the deployment code, they have to listen to the fact that the community doesn't want it. But what they're doing is they're burying the, the advertising of, of, you know, those proposed towers and the consultation periods. And that's where they're being sneaky. And that's how they're getting away with these rollouts. And so what do people do if they already have an established 5G tower upgraded and they're only just getting um, knowledge now about the implications and health ramifications? Is there a way to take them down? Well, what we're hoping to do is by pushing for safe technology, which is wired connections such as cable, um, what we're positioning is that there, at the end of the day, these 5G towers have an off button. There's a switch off button. And if we can prove that there's been no biological testing, which is easy to do because there hasn't been, and we can prove that there's no biological testing on mobile phones, which is the only reason at this point in time we even need those 5G towers is to offer a faster speed to our mobile phones and to our wireless devices at home, then we can, we have the potential to say, you, this technology is not within safety. So it's off. And this is why this campaign, the We Are Not Sam campaign and the Australians for Safe Technology web, um, 
Facebook page and so forth and your own community pages, which you can easily find on Facebook, hopefully, um, are so important. You've got to engage with your community and you've got to get involved. This is not the time to sit back and say, oh, well, it's too late. It's on. It's about figuring ways and getting creative with your community to say, no, we're lobbying against this. And, and we've, we're going to find all these different avenues to prove that they didn't go about this the right way. And they don't get, they don't get to get away with this. It's the people power now. And it has to be that people get off the couch and stop waiting for a hero, for somebody else to do it. It was six of us mums that went to council chambers and demanded and, and fought for one year with our community, hundreds of people in our community and thousands online to say, we're not going to stand for this. And we're first time activists, the six of us. We've never done this before. So you've got to work within your capacity and we're mums like we're you know we've got young kids and we're still doing this work because it's important for their future and this really is a movement to say we've got to make change happen it's not about burning things and retaliating in an aggressive way the way the mainstream media is portraying us it's about saying we deserve better than this and i'm going to do everything that i can to make it right and and as mums, you know, I think that you're probably thinking in a different space is that you're thinking about the next generation, which is something that we don't really necessarily get bred to think about. We're quite self-interested in a lot of ways. And I think until you do become a parent, you do start thinking more about the future. And that's what we're really trying to highlight here is what is this technology going to do to our children? What is it going to do to our grandchildren? You know, there hasn't been enough long, long standing te testing on this technology that that allows us to show that it isn't going to impair significantly their mental and physiological um, health. And, you know, just on that point as well, it's not about getting rid of the Internet, getting rid of technology. You know, it's just about working with what we've got. What is wrong with our current system? I mean, I don't need more information, to be honest with you. When I think about what I'm getting right now, I already feel a sense of anxiety bubbling in my in my body and that's just an intuitive feeling about having more and more information and as somebody who has got three younger siblings who are significantly you know younger than me within age there's a 10 year gap between me and my next sister i can see noticeably the difference in a generation of people who were brought up with an iphone or a smartphone and the difference between a generation who were brought without that and people are getting um, kind of sold this idea that it's going to connect us together, that we're going to become more connected. I mean, what I personally see is a, a, a bigger gap and actually more disconnect than ever because people are thinking that by using their devices, they're connecting with each other, but they're actually connecting with their device and everything around them, the natural world and the other resources and humans that exist kind of fall by the wayside because of that. Oh, that's so well said and so true. And it's incredible to me um, that one of the major behavioral changes we need to make is getting Wi-Fi out of schools. I mean, this has never been tested on children. Um, putting iPads on their lap for hours and hours in the day when they, I mean, children have thinner skulls and they absorb twice the amount of radiation than an adult. So the fact that we are exposing them from such a young age without any safety testing, that in itself as a bare minimum, we need to be really careful and also lobby our schools and say, no, we don't want wireless. You can make it wired. We don't want iPads on their laps. This is not right. And we're seeing children who have got so much, so many issues with you know behavioral issues because they're just being radiated and they've got nowhere to escape. They're at home radiated, they're at school radiated, and it's unprecedented. This is the first time that we've got a generation of kids who can't escape this mandatory you know, exposure at this point in time and will only get worse with 5G. So I guess as a mother, I am calling out to all the parents and all the mums listening on this, on this podcast that 
your child can use technology, but put it in wired and put it for a certain amount of time and lobby your schools to remove wireless technology when, you know, only until such times where we can have safe technology put in place. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And and the call out to the future parents as well. You know, I don't yet have children, but it is a massive concern for me because I do, you know, one day want to have a family and I am just really unsure about the world that I will bring them into if we don't continue to fight for our right to have our health and mental health and physiological health safeguarded. Amen, sister. Um, so alongside the, the dramatic effects that is happening to our own body, there is a, a, a serious effect that's going to happen to um, the bees and the birds and our pollinators and the natural environment when we have a blanket of radiation that's covering the entire globe. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit to, to what will happen in that space or if you know any information around what this technology does to our pollinators, bees specifically? Yeah, um, it's a huge topic because we have so many bee lovers. I'm one of them. And there is endless amounts of studies that are showing that these electromagnetic fields, which are a quintillion times greater than our natural systems. I can't even get my head around that many zeros. I think it's around 18 zeros. Um, so what we're looking at here is when we are blanketing the earth in that much radiation, our pollinators, these bees, they're losing their navigation and it's also impacting their ability to pollinate because they're disorientated. And as we know, when we don't have the bees doing what they do best, then, you know, that's our food supply and that's a huge hit to our natural systems. So, we're not just talking here about the impact it has on humans. We're talking about how this impacts a variety of um, plants and animals. It's, it's, you know, animals are disappearing from, from our forests because certain um, transmitters are getting in the way and, and disorientating the, the natural habitat. And this is what we're facing in our future. I mean, we love going out into nature and that's where, you know, we get, um, connected and grounded but what happens when everything we love about nature is stripped away because the beauty of it and the, the the insects and the animals and the wildlife is so heavily impacted by this radiation it's it's scary to think that that could be a future that we're walking ourselves into absolutely and i'd like people to take a moment to think about you know the way that animals do actually interact with each other in the environment you think of snakes they use the vibration you think of birds they listen to each other's calls you know we're talking about unseen energy here but there is a different kind of unseen energy that's used within the natural world that we don't notice and this will greatly impact that you know so we're looking at like the kind of unspoken language of nature which is going to get um, yeah, just toppled over by, by what's going to be implemented with this new technology. And I just don't think that anything is, is worth really damaging the biological environment, the way that we're kind of walking forward with this 5G. And I just really beg that people do start questioning what we're doing as a society for what reasons as well, to be more connected in a service that's already seems to be working really well. What the great impact will happen when our food and water supply is taken from us. It will make us incredibly reliant on a system that may seem to be serving us now, but in the future may not. And so I, I just beg that when we're thinking a little bit more about generation seven to come and not just what will happen in our lifetime. Oh, that's so well said. Um, and I wanted to quote something. Um, and for those of you online listening to this, you can go to the 5gspaceappeal.org website. And what they say, and it's so, it's had such an impact on me personally, was if the telecommunications industry's plans for 5G come to fruition, no person, no animal, no bird, no insect, and no plant on earth will be able to avoid 24 hour a day, 365 days a year radio frequency radiation exposure and these are tens to hundreds of times greater than what exists today without any 
without any possibility of escape anywhere on the planet. These 5G plans threaten to provoke serious irreversible effects on humans and permanent damage to all of the Earth's ecosystems. This is the biggest difference between what we have now and what's coming is that there is no off switch if this goes on and we don't stop it in time. Yeah, and I think that's really important to talk to too. You know, we do have modems and Wi-Fi that we can talk up turn off and we're looking at something that we won't be able to actually turn on. Renat, if we actually manage to stop 5G upgrades and towers in certain areas, will that affect the way the entire network works? You know, we were speaking earlier about how um, we're looking at antennas that are going to have to be closer and closer together. So if we kind of come together and stop towers and these antennas, but other communities allow it to go through, will those who stop the towers have an impact or will the towers around us still be um, admitting out these radioactive waves? Okay, so this is... These are the facts. The more data being transferred wirelessly, the more radiation we have. And what we're facing right now is the potential for over 20,000 satellites to go out into the Earth's sphere and radiate us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's almost like we are talking about a sci-fi movie. So we can do so much on the ground to stop those towers going up. We can, we can lobby our um, councils. We've got a strategy kit that's available on the ecsfr.com.au website, which you can follow steps on how to go about um, petitioning council and getting community involvement. It's how we got the moratorium in Mullumbimby. So I would suggest that whoever's interested to please follow um, that strategy kit. It's really well detailed. And Another thing is to lobby people like Elon Musk who a you know who are putting up these satellites and there's a lot to be done here there's a lot that there's a lot of people getting involved so many people more and more and thousands of more influencers speaking out uh, against this and activists so this is really the time to put a light on the industry and the people who a who are taking away our rights to, um, you know, have healthy technology. And this is another thing that people should know about Australia is that, you know, most people actually assume that our governing bodies are fulfilling their duties with regards to public health and safety, but they don't understand that. And this would really surprise a lot of Australians is that it's not illegal in this country to supply unsafe products. And it is in countries like, um, the European Union, Canada, Brazil, even the United Kingdom. But here in Australia, it's not illegal to supply unsafe products. So this is what we're up against. We're up against a system that doesn't take into consideration real concerns of health and safety from the public. So it's up to our voices and our own individual communities to come together and say, no, you don't get to represent us. And you're not allowed to do what you're doing and we can stop you because we can. There are so many ways and there's so much cre there's so much potential to stop this. It's not too late, but we are on the edge and this is where people need to come to the front lines because if you're just going to wait and watch, it's going to be too late. And that's why we are at a critical point now where we are not trying to get the masses to do all the work. We're trying to get the critical mass to stand up to do the critical thinking and to start using their voices and using their platforms to say, we're not going to stand for this and we're going to lobby against it. And I think it's important to note that, you know, critical thinking, it has been a little bit bastardized as conspiracy theorists um, or conspiracy thinking. And, you know, I want us all to reflect on when we have in our kind of, you know, own life, oppose somebody's views because they haven't matched our own and and the alternative thinking push those people aside because more than ever in order to create change we need healthy debating and that allows for many people to have many voices in one situation and the more and more i dig with the 5g the more that people who who stand out against it are 
are labeled as conspiracy theorists, which just, it holds so much um, weight of not being credible. And I really just like would beg that people look at, at, at the people that are standing behind this because, you know, they are people like you who are mothers and they are scientists and, and, and influential people even in the Byron Shire and the Northern Rivers area who are standing up and fighting this good fight, you know, because it's about the collective. It's not about people going into wormholes and taking all of these kind of psychedelics and going into spaces that they don't know. These people are professionals, you know, and that's something that really needs to come across more than ever. Yeah. And, and don't forget that even on a federal level with the, you know, the base station deployment code, the telcos, they have to consider community concerns. It's by law. So if you're not concerned and you're not making it known, then they can say legally they were within their right because you didn't show up and advocate for your concerns. And that's what they're hoping that you won't do. They're hoping that you stay silent, you stay small, because that way they can get away with this deployment. Whereas if you speak up, they have to take into consideration your concerns legally. And that's what we're talking about here. Renat, how have you remained clear with your integrity in, in, in this space and with your movement and, and kind of held your ground? Because it is a pretty controversial space to be heading and you're kind of heading the movement. <laughs> I can't take all the credit. I work with an amazing group of critical thinkers and I'm talking teachers and scientists and lawyers, so many people from so many walks of life. And if anything, I look at my involvement in this movement and who I've gotten to know and the and sort of the strength I have seen in people stepping forward. And I look at my own child, you know, I look at my own child and my family, and this is what keeps me going. And that's why I've emphasized so heavily the community because the community have your back at the end of the day, what these corporations don't account for is intuition and strength and creativity they don't account for those things. And when you find your wolf pack and when you look deeply into the eyes of the people that you love, you get the strength to do what you're doing. And this is the first time I've ever done activism. And it took me a long time to speak out against the things that I always knew were troubling me and what I knew was troubling society, but I didn't know how to do it. And what I'm telling you is that if you look for the answer, you will find it. And that's what I really hope that everybody listening to this call does. They hear the calling to act and to rise up because this is not a time where people need to point fingers and say, oh, he's awake and she's not awake and that's a sheep and that's not a sheep. And we hear this a lot because that's, you know, that's part of the whole conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat stuff. But at the end of the day, part of waking up and doing your critical thinking is waking up means you've got to get out of bed. You've got to rise up. You've got to get stuff done. And I'm a busy mum. I've got, you know, a little toddler and I take time away from family time to do this work because I know that it's investing into his future. It's investing into all of our futures. And that's where I'd really love to see more and more people with different talent, whether your talent is graphic design or if it's, um, you know, administrative, every single talent is required in this movement. And the people stepping forward, all they're saying is, this is what I can do let me know if it can help you. And Ella, you're a great example of that. She, Ella has incredible skills with video editing and, you know, she's got this incredible podcast and she's using her talent and her platforms to make this subject known to people and to get people to start participating. And that's what keeps me going. Renat, thank you so much for all of your work and your dedication and for being a mama and doing all of this alongside your team of people. I, I really value you as a community member and as a woman and it feels um, really privileged that you came on the show to help us understand a little bit better about 5G. Thank you so much, Ella, for giving us this platform. So the final question that I ask every woman that I interview is, what is the biggest truth that you have discovered in your human lifetime? 
biggest truth, um, and that's about, this is personal, really personal, is remaining hidden and small. And I believe that when you are stripped of all these masquerades, you know, our fears are quite identical. It's the fear of um, loneliness, rejection, you know, anger, illness, and, and even death. And I feel that when we are true to ourselves and we are true to what we are doing and our intentions are pure, then we connect with every single person that we meet because we realize that we are all stripping our masks off and maybe taking a little bit of skin off with it by getting involved with causes and with life which requires us to see the human in everybody and you know the potential in everybody as well so i'll leave it there mm, renate thank you so much um just before we go uh how can people support your causes get in contact with you and what do we need to follow to keep ourselves informed it would be amazing for um the listeners to jump on the instagram page we are not sam one word where we are dropping some major truth bombs but also we have started a petition which will be released at the end of this month, beginning of June, which will be demanding real safety standards and pushing towards a future with safe technology. So for people who are interested in finding out more about the dummy in the room and also about 5G, we have Australians for Safe Technology. We have No 5G Australia on Instagram. We have the 5G Space Appeal. And ultimately, what we want people to do is to start looking at all these links and all the research and figure out a way to get involved because we're doing it and we need you to come along on the ride. Yeah. And it may seem really overwhelming, but there are incredible resources and in all of those places where you can gain your understanding, um, build up your literacy around this information and really get on board people that are already doing the good fight. So just encourage everybody to jump out of bed. Thanks, Renat. Thanks, Ella.